0: Hey there, Christina Kay here. A few years ago, I drop kicked my corporate career to pursue my true passions of writing books and helping my fellow authors do the same. And while I'm now an award-winning, best-selling author, veteran editor, and self-publishing coach to over 100 authors, once upon a time, I made all the same painful but super common mistakes that new writers make every single day. Now fast forward through all the tears, frustrations, and heartbreak, and today, I teach authors worldwide how to write their best book ever and how to launch their successful writing careers. I started the Self-Publishing Success Podcast to give you easy-to-follow, actionable advice on becoming a successful indie author by letting you eavesdrop on coaching sessions with people just like you. Each episode, I pull back the curtain. And you get to listen in as a fellow book writer shares their biggest struggle. And I coach them and you through every step they must take to overcome, to succeed, and to become their own, you guessed it, book boss. So if you're an aspiring author, or even if you've published before, but you just aren't happy with the results that you got by going it alone, you're in the right place. Let's get started, shall we? Hey there, Christina Kay here, a huge heartfelt thank you for tuning in to the Self-Publishing Success Podcast, a show dedicated to helping aspiring and struggling authors overcome their biggest challenges and successfully launch their books and their careers. I'm your host, Christina Kay. Not only am I the award-winning best-selling author of seven published crime and suspense novels, I've been working behind the scenes in the publishing industry for over 13 years as an author, coach, and book editor. Now, the purpose of this podcast is for you, the listener, to have the opportunity to hear from other indie authors who have achieved success in self-publishing, and each week you'll learn about one common issue we all struggle with and how my guests have overcome that obstacle so that you can too. So enough of all that. Let's get the party started and dive into today's show. This week, I'm excited to have the chance to sit down with best-selling suspense and thriller author Maddie Dalrymple. Maddie was recommended for the show by a colleague, and I'm so glad she was. She's doing so much to help fellow authors and our community, and I'm so delighted to have her on this week's episode. Really quick, Maddie was also hosts her own podcast called The Indie Author with a Y, Indie with a Y, Author, on which she interviews industry experts on the writing craft and publishing voyage She'll be the first to tell you that being featured on podcasts can present an amazing opportunity to find and connect with your readers and learn more about your craft and your storytelling art form. And she wants to share some of her expertise about author podcasts with my listeners on this week's episode. In fact, let's just bring Maddie in and talk to her about how you too can find and be featured on podcasts to further your author career. Hello, Maddie,
1: and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Okay. i be here. Even though I'm tongue-tied apparently today, I don't know <laughs> what, I'm just coming off of COVID, so I'm going to blame Ooh. it on Yay. Round two. Okay. Ugh. So, all right. So, you're a fellow suspense and thriller author, I believe, and it's so great to finally meet you as I rarely get to meet writers who love writing in these genres. So, why don't you tell my listeners a bit more about the type of stories they can expect from you?
1: Right. Well, I am the author of two series, the Anne Kinnear suspense novels and the Lizzie Ballard thrillers. And the common thing between them is that I like to write stories about what happens when an extraordinary ability transforms an ordinary life. And so for Anne Kinnear, that extraordinary ability is that she can sense dead people. Uh, Sense and Communicate with dead People. She has a business based on this, a very business-like business involving clients and contracts and engagements and all the kinds of things you might expect if you were hiring, I don't know, an architect, Mm -hmm. and uh, run by her brother, Mike. And it's convenient because these engagements tend to introduce her to some nefarious goings-on that she gets involved with. And so... I tap into Anne's extraordinary ability in that way in the stories. And then my other series is the Lizzie Ballard Thrillers. Lizzie also has an extraordinary ability, although I'm not going to describe what it is because that would be a bit of a spoiler for the first book. Um, But yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with those. I uh, just put out my sixth Anne Kinnear book earlier this year, and I'm currently working on my fourth Lizzie Ballard book. That's
0: amazing. And you are a prolific, let's just use the word, okay, (laughs) you're a prolific best-selling indie author now, but let's just dial it back a little bit and tell my listeners, what was your experience as a newbie author like? I think a lot of authors like to hear that it wasn't all sunshine and roses.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, they may either be happy to hear or Unhappy to hear that it's it's not always sunshine and roses through the whole thing, but it's also, you know, there are a lot of sunshine and roses along the way. So I don't know that it's just an upward trajectory of sunshine and roses. Oh, that's but, that's <laughs> yes. but I think early on, it was just a matter of having to take the time, not only to write and publish, but to learn about the industry. Mm-hmm. And early on, I really relied on other people. I Early, early on, I spent a lot of time trying to research all this stuff myself. And I did find that if you wanted to find out the answer to do you need an ISBN for an ebook, you Mm -hmm. could pretty much spend 24-7 reading all the different perspectives on that online. And that kind of work is not value added when an author gets bogged down with that. And so I decided I was going to find a couple of key experts that I was going to tap into. And so early on, finding those Trusted Sources was very important. Jane Friedman is another person Mm -hmm. from the point of view of the publishing business that I follow very carefully, and I guess not coincidentally, many podcasts that helped me tap into the expertise of people when I was earlier in my author career. Well,
0: that's a great segue, because on this episode, we're talking about how and why authors should get themselves featured on podcasts, just like this one or just like yours, and how it could increase our visibility just exponentially. You and I agree on just how much this can help authors gain exposure, find their ideal readers. But there had to be a point, I'm sure, when you first realized how important this was and that it was something that you really had to go for and you really had to pursue for your author career.
1: Can you remember what that aha
0: moment was or that light bulb moment
1: Well, I think it's a community-building effort. I think that authors who approach a podcast appearance as primarily a selling experience are probably going to be disappointed, not only disappointed themselves, but they're going to disappoint their hosts and their listeners because it's kind of like social media. You don't want to go on social media and sell, sell, sell. You don't want all your posts to be, I have a book, please buy it. And really, the same thing applies to podcast guest appearances, that you want to go out there and let people get to know you, certainly get let them get to know your work, yes. but understand who you are as a person and um look at that your cat. You That's so funny. And this is a very laid back podcast,
0: so you could do it. I know. He's opening the door for those of you who <laughs> might be you if you're listening to this on audio, you're like, what are they laughing at? My cat was sitting in the window trying to get out the window. Yep, there he goes. And now he's opened
1: the door because I didn't like it. That's so funny. He was clawing at the uh, doorbell. He opened it.
0: Oh, well, there you go. A little comic relief for our show today.
1: I'm sorry. (laughs) But, you know, there you go. Like, somebody's going to remember this podcast episode because there was the cat (laughs) opening the door moment. Not necessarily because they're going to rush off and say, you know, oh, now I'm going to buy this person's book. But I think that authors who are writing nonfiction have a much easier path to actually making sales through podcast appearances. So if you've written a book about healthy diet, for example, then there are plenty of podcasts out there about living a healthy lifestyle that you could put yourself to as a guest. If you're an author who's writing fiction, it's, I think, more difficult. I mean, there there are some genres of fiction that have podcasts that are specific to them. I mean, mystery, noir, those are kind of obvious ones. And I have been on some of those, but Even there, I found it is more a community building effort than it is a sales effort. It's not like I can go on somebody's podcast and then the next day I see a big spike in my sales. It's more, maybe I see some of those people on social media. Maybe some of those people then go on to sign up for my email list. Some of those people find out when I'm doing an author event and then maybe they show up for the author event. So it's really, it's. I think you have to bring a holistic appreciation of what you're going to get out of it, so that you don't go into this with unrealistic expectations and are disappointed in what the result is.
0: That's true. I will say I've had the opposite experience, and, I, and some of my clients have too. It just depends, I believe. I think what we could agree on is that at the end of the day, I believe the best thing that we should prepare authors for when it comes for being on podcasts is maybe the kind of show that they're on can determine what kind of results. Or how they should approach it, or what they should expect. I feel like if you could be, let's say, so we were both write suspense and thrillers. So if I went on a podcast in that genre, thriller, suspense, or a books about suspense, I get some more sales out of that because those listeners are listening for that kind of thing. But if it's just like, hey, we're interviewing the author of the week. You're right; it's probably not going to see a huge spike, but it could. It just all depends. Yeah. I think that. If nothing else, if you prepare yourself for the fact that community building, like you said, that still could lead to book sales. That yes. still could end up, not immediately, you're right about that. You're not going to go on the next day and be like, oh, I was on a podcast and now I've sold 10,000 books. Yeah. You're right, that won't happen. But yeah, I do think that if you look at it more like this will end up eventually benefiting me and the community, I think that's a good way to approach it, don't
1: you yes. think? Okay, cool. Yes, I
0: All right. So... Here's another issue that I think authors come up with when it comes to being on media, podcasts, is that so many of us are innately introverted. And I think that's because for centuries, we literally hid behind computer screens, right, or behind a desk if it was 100 years ago. But in the last few years, being out there publicly was nowhere near as important as it is now, So what would you say to an author who's listening, thinking, oh, gosh, I could never do that. And the thought of putting themselves out there in such a public way is so new and maybe even scary to
1: them. I think that one of the keys to making the experience as comfortable as possible is being familiar with the podcast. And even if we back up further from the actual idea of the appearance, if we're thinking about the pitching of the podcast, you know, when people ask me, how should I go about getting on a podcast? I say, well, you have to listen to podcasts. I don't think it's possible to successfully pitch yourself. In the same way, it's not possible to like successfully write a thriller if you don't read thrillers. (laughs) It's really not possible to be a successful podcast guest unless you kind of understand the gestalt of podcasts. So, the first recommendation I always have for people is to listen to podcasts. And the very fact of becoming familiar with the podcasts that are inevitably going to be the kind of podcasts that you want to be on as well as listen to is, uh, first of all, you can make your pitch more successful. But second of all, if you get accepted, as a result of your pitch, then the experience is going to be more comfortable for you because you're going to feel like you're talking to a friend. You know, you've made that relationship with a person via the podcast, even if you have never met them before, talking with them on the podcast. I think that. Picking the format of the podcast is important. So I know some people are fine with being audio, but not being on video. And yeah. so don't go for podcasts that have a heavy like YouTube content repurposing mm-hmm. aspect to them. Maybe you have friends who are podcasters. So pitch yourself to them first, because then you're really going to have a friendly face and I really recommend that people try like a point you can use that as practice but yes benefit out of it that's good yeah exactly and you can you know I I do think it's helpful to record yourself and listen to it as painful as that can be for some people because you will catch yourself in some of the like uh, verbal ticks that you might have that you would want to try to get over before you would (laughs) commit your audio to the internet exactly Um, so any of those things that accustom you to the circumstances, I think, will make it easier for you. And it's probably never going to be like, you're probably always going to have some butterflies, but there's a difference between butterflies and terror. Terror, right.
0: <laughs> That's so true. I agree with you on that. And one of the early media experts I worked with, I don't know, a couple of years ago, he he's really big in the whole media and get yourself out there publicly, publicity kind of guy. And he told me one of his tips that still sticks with me and it worked was like you said, record yourself, but maybe even like not, I don't know if you meant this or, or something else, but maybe not even on a show, like get your phone out and talk to yourself and like record yourself reading something from your book or something and yes, listen exactly. to it back because you're right. You're going to hear like, oh my gosh, I say well or um, every fifth word yeah. <laughs> or Or I tend to say this or do that. And that's a really good point. So I wanted to underpin that. That's a really, really good point.
1: Yeah, and I think that the other benefit of that is that if you are just starting out and you haven't done any podcast appearances, it's helpful to have some evidence of your comfort talking about your topic. And so you could record yourself as if you were on a podcast. And there's no reason to like try to fool somebody, like pretending you were actually on a podcast. You can be completely upfront about the fact that this was just like your demo tape. Well, but when people ask you for, you know, have you ever been on any podcast, you can say, no, but here's a sample of me talking about my topic. And that will give them some assurance that you're comfortable on audio or comfortable on video or whatever the circumstances I are. I
0: love that idea, Maddie. I think that that's another thing we need to underpin and maybe even highlight from this show, because that is a really good idea. And I've never thought of that, even telling my clients, like, that's a great idea. It could be like a demo reel. You can make yourself and talk about your book. Do it in under what a minute or so, I would guess. Do it easy for them to digest and send somewhere easily. And just say, Hi, I'm Christine Payne, and I write these books and I do this. And I hope that my readers feel this when they read them. And yes, good job, Maddie. I love that one. We're going (laughs) to, that's a really good point. Okay. We're talking about how and why you should be on podcasts, maybe even other media, so that you can build community get to know your readers, find your readers, and possibly increase book sales. And so today, what we started talking about was more of the how she came to be about this. Now we're going to talk about more of the logistical how you could do it too. So give me, Maddie, your best tips on how an author who has likely never done this before can get started finding podcasts to be featured on to begin with.
1: Yeah. My first piece of advice is, of course, listen to podcasts and pitch the ones that you know and like and are appropriate for you. I guess that would be actually my first tip is do not do the scattergun approach. No. There's nothing more off-putting than getting an email that says, hello, fill in the name. I would like to be on your podcast. Please get in touch with me to schedule a time.
0: And We'd all do things that we're capable of doing, which is forget to change the name. Yeah. And then I say, I'm sending Maddie an email and I say, hey, John, I'd love to be on your podcast.
1: Oh, the yeah, I have gotten those. I got a lovely pitch. Well, not a lovely pitch. I got a pitch for my podcast, The Career Author. And I almost wrote back and said, dude, I'm not the host of The Career Author. I know the host of The Career Author and I could put you in touch if I wanted to. But yeah, that's bad. And you have a black mark and you're never going to get on that person's right. podcast. But th- so I think the key
0: thing- Listen to podcasts, find ones that- are something that you could deal with. And they yep.
1: come out? yeah, there are, there are services out there like Matchmaker FM, and I can't even remember some of them because I tend not to use them because they are really better if you're doing the scattergun approach, which I'm not recommending. Right. Um, it's better, I believe, to be very targeted in who you approach. And once you've identified the podcasts that you want to approach and done all those preliminary eliminations like, do they have guests? No. Mm -hmm. Then don't approach them being a guest. Like, make sure that what you have to offer is what is going to be useful to them Mm -hmm. in terms of format, in terms of topic and so on. And then what I recommend is include something in the email that indicates that you have listened to their podcast. Like, I just listened to your discussion with blah, blah, blah. I especially like this point, and I and it's especially good if you can then tie that to what you want to talk about. You could go back through some of their old episodes and say, you know, I would really like to talk about how to create suspense in a novel. I think this would be a great follow-on to your conversation with so-and-so about a similar topic. Because now you've, you've gotten them because they know you're a fan and that's always good. Mm-hmm. And then my other piece of advice would be to make it easy for them to find information about you. Just include a couple of links. You want to include a link to your website if you have a website maybe social media accounts. Mm-hmm. If you have online examples of you being on other podcasts or that demo reel that we talked about, provide links to that. Like don't make the host go looking for information about you. Uh, make it super easy for them. And then if you get the gig, then do everything that they ask you to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, If they ask you for a headshot, then send a headshot. If they ask you for a 100-word bio, send a 100-word bio. Don't send the 250-word bio. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to withdraw an invitation because you were late with a headshot or you sent a bio that's too long. But it establishes a-, a better connection. It is establishes
0: yeah. a better relationship. You're right.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're asking this person to invest an hour, two mm-hmm. hours? Three hours of their time, once you factor in the prep and the actual interview and the production and the putting it up, you know, you're asking for an investment from these people and you need to return that that consideration by being respectful of the time you ask.
0: Those are all amazing points. I I mean, that's everything I would say to a client and then some is exactly that. And, And to underpin your most important things that you've said, I believe, is be respectful, do your research. Especially where you said that, you know, you listen to past podcasts, even if you haven't, preferably you are approaching podcasts you've actually heard before, but even take the few minutes to listen to their prior podcasts. Yeah. How do they interview? How do they talk to people? What topics do they like? And mention that in the email. That's a really great point. Yeah, very good. I mean, very good information.
1: I think a great example is that I listen to the Rebel Author podcast with Sasha Black. Mm-hmm. And I tend to usually, and like after the portion of the podcast that's about whatever the advertised topic of the podcast is, I usually stop listening to any podcast, not just Sasha's, but anybody's. Then I was invited to be on her podcast. So I thought I'm going li- to you know, listen all the way to the end. Well, thank God I did. Because what I didn't realize is at the end of every interview, Sasha says, give us an example of a time when you were a rebel. And if she had asked me that on air, I would have been. Uh, exactly. Was- I remember. Was I was on incredible. the podcast too.
0: So I, I forgot she does that, but she yeah. does. It's a very good podcast, by the way. Let's plug her. It is. <laughs>
1: yes, it is an excellent podcast.
0: That's great. Okay. So moving on a little bit, my mother, bless her heart, has always has. She had these great anecdotes and proverbs and sayings whenever I need them. And it seems like the one thing she always told me is that it never hurts to ask. And the worst thing that can happen if you do ask is someone tells you no, and then you're no worse off than you were to begin with. So what advice would you give to authors once they've gathered the list, done everything you've told them to do to pitch them when it comes to the actual process of pitching? And I know you gave us some you know, how to behave and how to act, but what about some, like, how should we, do we email them? Do we, what do we do? How do we actually go about pitching?
1: Well, I think that, each podcaster probably has their own process. I mean, there might be some who have some kind of like Google Doc submission form or something like that. Some of them, you know, if you listen to the podcast, sometimes they'll mention on there how they like to be approached. Mm-hmm. I have a contact form on my website. Actually, right now, it has a note up saying that I'm not taking <laughs> taking any pitches.
0: Well, that's, that's a good point, though. Check yeah. their
1: website. Yeah, check their website. And it's not going to be helpful if I have a message up on my website and somebody pitches me clearly from the website, they're not going to win brownie points. You know, don't think I'm going to be the special exception. It's going to make I, Oh, but so, they're make an exception for me because I'm so special. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So, you know, again, comply with whatever. I mean, a lot of this advice is the same kind of thing of people, if they're looking for agency, <laughs> you know, huh? if an agent represents literary fiction, don't pitch your sci-fi epic to them. So just... Pitch them in whatever way that they're suggesting would be a good idea. And then understand that there are lots of reasons that people can say no. I get a lot of pitches from people who are clearly looking to, they're looking for like a book tour. And I don't do that kind of interview. And so I'll say, you know, that's not really the kind of podcast it is, but here's a list of some other podcasts that are that kind of thing. And what I appreciate hearing back is someone saying, oh, thank you for the information. Thank you for the extra resources. What I don't appreciate is someone saying, but no, really, my book is so special that you should make an exception. So if they say no, be gracious about it because yeah. it may be that in a year or two years, you're going to have the perfect topic for the podcast that originally said no and you're going to go back and you, you don't want any black marks against you. You want mm-hmm. the podcaster, if they remember you to say, Yeah, I remember, you know, I heard from this person earlier, and they were very gracious when, you know, I told them it wasn't quite a good match. Sometimes people just don't have time, like they're booked way up. There are lots of reasons people can say no. So, you know, the right response is always just thank you. Exactly.
0: And we talk to each other when you talk about the black marks. I mean, not all podcast hosts do, but we know a lot of each other. So, like, if you're really rude to Sasha or if you're really rude to, to Maddie, guess what? Not that we would gossip, but it, it might travel like, oh, yeah. I really would recommend they were really rude to me or they were really pushy. And you yeah. don't want to be like that. Yeah. So one quick note to that. I think another thing that might help. I don't know if you do this, Maddie, or you have your guests or your clients do this, but I always say have a spreadsheet of some sort or a list somewhere where you keep track of everyone that you've pitched. When when you pitch them what they said, what response you got, if you got accepted, because that way you'll, or even make notes about what they said when they responded because of exactly like you said, it may be a no now, but it could just be no because it doesn't fit my format right now. And if you handle it graciously and you keep track of that, you could go back to them next season and say, hey, just wondered, I noticed this year you pivoted. Would this be good for you now? There you go.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. And that would be perfect like that that acknowledgement that you're following them, you heeded what they said, the podcast was important enough for you to track that kind of information and return to it, it would be a very effective pitch.
0: Yes, I agree. All right, we're almost done here. Last real question is, What you got started being featured, because I'm guessing you've been on some podcasts yourself, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing that you also saw some sort of, I know we had a little misunderstanding about the book sales part, but did you notice any, if not in sales, Did you notice your life changing from an author standpoint? As in, did your community grow? Did you see more book sales? What did you see in that regard once you figured out how important podcasting could be as a guest
1: host? As a guest, yeah. Well, my guest appearances, talking about any particular topic, like podcasting for authors, let's say, has led to speaking engagements for me. Mm. So I've probably actually made more money from the speaking engagements and having my book, like the book isn't the moneymaker, the book is my calling card right. to illustrate that I've thought about this deeply and as an entree to speaking engagements. Right. Same thing for short fiction. I have a book called, that I co-wrote with Mark Leslie LaFave called Taking the Short Tack about using uh, short fiction to create income and connect with readers. Have we sold some of those books? Absolutely, we've sold some of those books, but there again, I've probably made more money from the speaking engagements that those have led to. So I think it's important you know, we had talked earlier about the holistic approach. It's also important, even if you're looking at the finances of it, to look at it holistically and say, I may not have seen that spike in, in the day after the podcast episode went live, but three months later, I got invited to uh, to do a talk at a writer's group.
0: And how many books could you potentially sell from that? Yes. And exactly. those people tell their friends, it's just a starting point. Yes. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's really great. Okay. So, Last official question, what can my listeners expect from you next? You mentioned it earlier, but I want to give you a chance to tell us what is coming out next from author Maddie Dalrymple.
1: Well, my next fiction work is going to be actually a novella. It's going to be my first novella. So at the end of Lizzie Ballard book three, it was clear that the next actions that were going to happen with the protagonist were going to happen probably weeks, if not months after the end of book three. But the next actions for the antagonist were going to happen seconds if, minutes if not seconds after the end of book three and so I needed a way to it to catch yeah it was it was like a logistical problem for a while and I realized that a way to deal with that is to have a book starring my antagonist one of my favorite characters in a novella that caught her up with the timeline of my protagonist oh, oh, I love so it. I'm working on the novella and then the follow-on Lizzie Ballard book and then I'm also working on a I'm co-authoring a book about being a speaker so that will be out hopefully later this year.
0: Well, I need all of that in my life. I'm super my listeners (laughs) do too. Okay. If you're listening to this show still, please refer to the show notes to learn how you can find and follow Maddie. But before we close out the episode, I'm going to give her the mic so that she can give you all the pertinent information. So Maddie, here you go. Here's the mic. Tell us where we can find you, follow you, get your books, tell us everything we need to know.
1: Great. Thank you so much. Well, if people are interested in my fiction, they can go to maddiedowernple.com. And that's Maddie with a Y-M-A-T-T-Y. And I'm Maddie Dowernple on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if they're interested in my nonfiction platform, they can go to theindyauthor.com And that's Indie with a Y, I-N-D-Y. I hope they check out the Indie Author podcast. And I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on the Indie Author. And if they're interested in the podcasting for authors, if they go to TheIndieAuthor.com, there's a tab for Podcasting for Authors, and they'll find a bunch of information, including a downloadable document that they can work through if they're thinking of starting a podcast mm-hmm. that would help them walk through some of the considerations behind that.
0: And we need more. That's like I was kind of saying earlier. There are some really great podcasts in our genre, in our niche, or whatever you want to call it. We need more, though. We need more good author-related podcasts. So go do that and get that document from Maddie's website and be sure to find and follow her everywhere. Thanks, Maddie. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. This has been a fun conversation. Yes, with a cat and everything. (laughs) So that's a wrap for this episode of the Self-Published Podcast. Please be sure to follow this show, share it with your author friends, and most importantly, wherever possible, leave us a rating and a review. Your support will help this podcast and me continue teaching, helping, and supporting authors around the world on successfully launching their books and their writing careers by becoming their own book boss. Find and follow us everywhere on social media, except Twitter, sorry, at bookbossofficial. And be sure to check out my website, bookbossacademy.com, to learn more about this podcast, as well as my author coaching and book editing services. And finally, Shop for author templates and tutorials and fun bookish apparel stickers and more at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash academy. And remember, stop waiting for permission from others to pursue your writing dreams or for them to give you the key to your success and instead kick in the door and do it your damn self and be your own book boss. Okay, folks, that's a wrap on this week's episode of the Self-Publishing Success Podcast. Thanks again to this week's amazing guest host, and be sure to follow them on their social media accounts, subscribe to their newsletter, and keep an eye out for their books. As always, thanks to our sponsors for making this show possible. This podcast is brought to you by Book Boss Academy, and your host is yours truly, author, coach, and book editor, Christina Kay. You can learn more about Book Boss Academy, my services, and my helpful resources for authors by visiting bookbossacademy.com. There you can also find previous seasons and episodes of this podcast, access the show notes, and read our transcripts. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok at Book Boss Academy. For daily free tips, tricks, and advice on writing your best book, self-publishing it successfully, and becoming your own book boss. I follow back and I answer all comments and messages within 24 hours. Last but not least, please be a dear and hit that subscribe button. Show us some love and make it easier to find our show and get notifications when new episodes drop each week. Until next week, later, love you, bye.